you have to take care of your recovery mm. and your addiction before you can ever think about like taking care of anyone else. You got to be selfish to be selfless. Yeah. <laughs> Dang man, clip that. That's the intro. That's the intro part. Right? <laughs> I love that one. I yeah. ain't Was that off the cuff or off you always say that? Off the cuff, right the top okay. of my head. I ain't even going to lie to you. What's up guys? Welcome back to the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. This is Vinny. I'm here with my boy Trey. And uh, we're here with episode 17 Sheesh. of the podcast. Dude, I feel like it was just yesterday I launched episode one, man. <laughs> and uh, your, your second official co-hosting episode is here. Feels good, man. I feel like I'm actually getting good at this stuff, man. Getting all right? Yeah, you getting the groove? A little bit. A little it, groove in it. It is a, it's a craft, dude. I feel like I'm still trying to, fi- I'm definitely still trying to figure out how to host a podcast. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's totally different from public speaking. It's different from, you know, just being in front of a camera and knowing like, there's no like cut do over kind of thing. Like you just got to <laughs> roll with it. Like you're almost yeah. live and doing it. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. So, but yeah, I think you're doing great, dude. I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Oh, well done you, man. so far. It makes me feel good, buddy. Makes me Can feel get, good. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we have a special episode today. Very uh, special. Joe Del Sardo, the, um, the pit legend. Uh, if you remember early 2000s pit football, Tyler Pelko era. Uh, he was like a do-it-all receiver for the Panthers. He had an incredible sophomore year. If you're from Pittsburgh, you remember his success at Seton LaSalle, played with you know, Bruce Gradkowski, who went on to have a great college career, played for the Steelers for a while. Uh, just a local legend, to be honest. And you know, the guy's been through a, a lot that I actually recently learned about, and we, we get into a lot of that here on the episode, uh, just with his, uh, you know, his, his struggle with drug and addiction and um, you know, he really opens up about that, which was an incredible conversation um, for anybody, man. It doesn't matter if you struggle with drugs, alcohol, or whatever it is. We all have things that we, you know, have to overcome and, and you know, get through in life. And he's been through a lot, and his, his wisdom and insight's really good. So I was excited to have him on. Yeah, he seems like a really cool dude, man. He seems like he has been through a lot, and he's able, definitely overcome a lot. So I'm looking forward to sitting down with him and kind of just picking his brain a little bit and having some yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, And then so, yeah, so some housekeeping things before we jump into the episode, Uh, you know, just for you guys that are here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. We launched a new uh, Instagram and TikTok, everything at Athletic Aesthetic Pod. Uh, I actually had a little issue this week with my Instagram. I don't know if anybody saw it, bro. I put my whole ID as my uh, profile picture. And dude was shook. I don't blame you. I was so nervous. (laughs) had everything on it was so it i didn't know what was happening instagram hit me with hey you're approved to be verified and i was like damn i'm gonna get a blue check then so i fill out all the stuff and it's like yeah you got to pay 15 bucks a month for this and i was like what the (laughs) like this ain't even this is like the twitter blue check so then i like i was like at that point i was like i already filled out all the stuff let me just see what this does and i hit accept bro they uploaded i must have filled it out wrong they uploaded my whole ID to, to, as my that. profile picture. Like, how you and messed I, that up? Dude. And like. I, had an, I had a post running with David Allen, like a collab post. So people are, like, on his page, like, clicking on my page, and they just see my address. They saw that I'm an organ donor. And just, yeah, bro, was I, was, bad. I was freaking out. So. I can't blame you, though, because it literally had everything on there, bro. Yeah. They didn't have a picture of you that you really looked like Jonah Hill, but we ain't going to get into that. <laughs> I'm going to let Joe say <laughs> And then I... Uh, yeah, I, found, I finally got it to, to fix and update. And then it wouldn't let me update it. It wouldn't let me change it because it was under requ- like verification. Tell them how long it took you to change Bro, it. Bro, an though. hour this thing was up. I was sweating for an hour. Like just, 
So, <laughs> so came into my office hat sideways. I knew it was over. He was working hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was stressed. But we got it fixed. It's all good. I'm not verified. I canceled the application <laughs> for it. So we're just gonna roll. But um yeah, we got to talking yesterday about, you know, some some things you got going on. Um, you know, working with the pavement group and right. just in your own personal endeavors. Um right. so yeah. What, what do you got for me on that? Yeah, man. So what we want to do is I'm looking at the camera now, so I'm talking directly to y'all, man. We're looking for nonprofits out there right now who need some help, man. The Pavement Group wants to be able to give back to the city and help the city in any type of way. So I want to be involved in making sure that happens. Yes, we're coming out with different programs and things for you guys to be able to enjoy and embrace, but we need your help. So if there's people out there with nonprofits that you feel like are actually helping the city and need some money, come rap to us. That's it, man. Yeah. I'm going to clip that. We'll put it on social. Put it on social. Yeah, for real, though. Reach out. This guy is, uh, you know, he's the plug for a lot that goes on in the city. And um, if you got some nonprofits out there that need a little more exposure, a little more help, uh, reach out. Let's make it happen. There's, there's a lot of good that we can do with this show. So that's, that's the goal is not to just have great conversations and, you know, meet cool people, deliver paintings, all that stuff. Right. Uh, it's to really give back and, you know, create a community of people that make the city a better place and hopefully eventually the world a better place. So Come on. We try to make the world a better place. Let's do it. Let's get it. Well, hey, without further ado, you ready to jump in? Let's jump. All right. This is episode 17, Athletic Aesthetic Podcast. Let's get it. Coming at you live. So I knew about this. He was about to be at Mount Lebo with me. For real? Yes, bro. Small world. His wife coaches in Mount Lebo's basketball team. Okay. So is she the head coach there? Yes. This is her first year. She played there years ago, and then she um, just this was her first year as a head coach. Okay. That's awesome. That would have been crazy. <laughs> what? What a, what a coaching staff. Listen, well, I'll be up. I'm, I told him. I was like, I'll help out. I'll be at practices when I can. It's just like yeah. I don't want to commit to him. And then it's like my wife, because yeah. at the end of the football season, they start their like preseason season and everything. So it's it's just it was wild. You need a babysitter. My girl is up for offer, man. My yeah, babysitter for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you that she loves kids, man. Loves kids. That's why I'm low key having a tough time right now. She's trying to get her brother to start having kids. <laughs> I said, baby, did you see the world lately? Yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy <laughs> stuff, dude. No, Joe, you said you have three kids? Yeah. What, what's three. oldest to youngest? So they'll all be like bumping up. But my, So my oldest will be six in a couple weeks. The The middle one will be five in the wow. summer. And then the youngest will be two in, on Easter Sunday. Wow, man. Bumping three it out girls. every two years, bro. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> man. Three nuts. girls, you yeah, said? Yeah, three girls, ooh, right? Ooh, ooh. Uppercuts. So that's what I, I would coach football too if I had boys to like bring them around and right, stuff. But right. it's like girls, I could, but it's Send not them the with same. Their mom. Go yeah, play basketball. Right? Yeah, you gonna keep keep trying? We'll see. Probably, <laughs> probably not. But you <laughs> yeah, know. you want one boy, don't you? Oh, I definitely do. <laughs> There's, it. I will say that I got a little girl too, and yeah. she was uh, our first. And now I got a little boy. Uh, he's literally like three months old now. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I definitely feel that like, I was really excited to get the boy, but like, there's something special about being a girl, dad. I'm not oh, gonna yeah. lie. That's like, it's, it's different. And, and like, I, I love the, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I love my kids regardless, but it's right. like, part of me selfishly is like, I want, I want to go to a high school football game when stands <laughs> are packed, yeah. you know, and it's just like, of course. Well, hey, you see nowadays, there's a lot of women in football. Oh, I know, but I wouldn't. Sh- I mean, 
Could you imagine someone like coming across? Yeah, like, um, yeah. Giving them a lick? No, yeah. no thanks. I feel like I'll, I'll be like, I don't know, dude. Like I, I just look at, like I'm like even about my son. Like, right. do I want him to play? Because it's you know like, football is great for me in my life, but it's up to him. You know, I'm definitely leaving it up to him. Like yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna push one way or the other. It's tough because it's like. I get this way now still. I play in a um I play in a hoop league down in Southside, right? And it's just like I need that competition. Mm. And I need that. And it's like football's done so much for me, you right. know what I mean? And like so with the Mars thing, right? Mm -hmm. You look at that and it's it was so conflicting because you're like, man, you you just didn't know how to feel because you're like Football's brought me so much, and this is the most tragic thing that's maybe ever will happen right. in sports. Then it's like, in in the back of your mind, and he said it too. Is like when he woke up, like who won? That's like the football mentality. So you care and about. And it's like getting back on the field. Like so, you know, even too, if you t take it to a different level, like when Shavers thing happened, like f I feel like as tragic as that was rallying around that team and the city rallying around the Steelers like was something that helped you overcome the I guess depressing side of it or you know like the sad side of it so it's it's yeah it, it is crazy how much it gives you and like just even today like with my wife's team going to games I'm like nervous I get butterflies in my stomach right. and I'm like and it's worse as a fan or like a coach because you have no control none right you're like no longer in your hand man when you're coaching football in high school you're probably like all right you know third and seven and we need a score like i i know i could run by this guy but like <laughs> is is timmy on the team gonna be able to do it you know so yeah timmy on the team <laughs> no that's true though man like it, i say the one thing about coaching in high school ball specifically man it's like you teach them as much as you can but then you have to have so much trust that the kid's going to get it done. Yeah. And you know what I mean? When you were in high school, right, if you've seen your teammates slacking, you're like, man, give me the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me the ball. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you're going to be playing and doing all the – you're not going to be here today, give me the ball. Yeah. But it goes back to what you said about DeMar, man. It's like – we talked about it, I want to say, last week, bro. That, that athlete mentality, it travels with you for the rest of your life. Oh, exactly. Like, 100%. It, it's different, bro. You compete different in every room. What, when did you start playing football? When I was um, seven. So I played at KOA. So I was seven. My cousin was eight. So my team was like Bruce and then Bob Ventrone, who played in the league for 11 years, 10 years. He's the special teams coordinator for the Browns now. Mm. Ventrone, that last name, Ross, is that? Ross, is Ross's he related? Brother oh, okay. Is ray or bubba okay and he's he was our running back so it was like i was the right guard i was the offensive lineman and it's so funny i wish we had it on film we might but it's like i would always forget the snap count <laughs> and so i'd be like getting there and i'd go to bruce i'm like what's it on and there's times where like i'd look at him and he'd be like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it, he's it, out there making plays like, He's making plays. Yeah, you know right. I, mean? I know a lot of guys like that, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I know. So it's like, yeah, it, it it carries with you in anything. Like now, I do sales and stuff, and it's like 
you just got that fight in you right because you hate losing right and uh i think the biggest thing with like each how times have changed always right like nowadays i see it and you'll see it like going to coaches like i was always like let me compete i want to play at the highest level i can where now kids are like getting five o's and it's like i just want to get into princeton or you know which mm. is there's nothing wrong with that it's like it sets you up better and i wish i would have taken school more serious but it's just a different mentality right and where you see it as like a high school coach and like trey is like show them that that dog side and that fight yeah. but also okay you guys got the school side but let me just show you how to compete and like you know what i mean and do it the the right way because right. you get like just playing a pit you get access to so much knowledge and so much you know i guess so many resources to take care of your body and and how to go about your business on the field right you know and then i don't know much about it and i'd like to learn more about it but like the mental side of it right. i know you do a lot of right. stuff with like mental health right which is good it's like just because you compete at a high level or go, you know, go at it on the field doesn't mean you feel a certain way. And it's like, how do I deal with those right. emotions? You know, and that was definitely something that, uh, and I know you can kind of attest to this because I looked up a little bit of your story as well, man. It's like when you compete at such a high level, bro, that's all, you know, that's mm -hmm. all you can feel right. Even now, as we get older into adulthood, we're like, man, like I want to compete. Yeah. I don't care about nothing else. Like I, I think it'll be hard for me to have kids because I know automatically I'm gonna start talking crap. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't help it. Like, I try to stop myself, yeah. but then I'm like, oh, they soft. <laughs> like, my daughter's whooping your ass. <laughs> like, I just know it. that's where my competitive side comes Yo, from, yeah. right? So I try to teach the kids, man, when we go out there, it's like, be the man that you need to be off the field. Say, yes, sir, no, ma'am, whatever it may be, right? But when you step on that field, I don't want you to be nice. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Like I want you to be as savage like as you can be. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but it's the truth. Is because mm -hmm. like when you step across those lines, mama can't save you. Yeah. Daddy can't save you. And you know again going against some of the guys that we went against, playing at the high level that we <laughs> played against, man. But it's it's crazy, man, because small world, but my uh strength coach was his teammate. Yeah. Which oh, is really? even crazy. Who's that? Davon Gordon. Okay. Yeah, he's uh he's um like my age, you yeah. know, probably like 30, 31. We were freshmen together at West Lib. He's from like the Wheeling. I think he went to Wheeling Central. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, stud of a running back. Dude was just always like Rolling a ball. just yeah. brick, you know. Um, and so, yeah, so now it's, it's, it's crazy how like the sports world, like if you play at any level, like the competition's different, obviously, but those networks after your playing days, like Can wherever people end up coaching or whatever, like, you yeah, know, for sure. it's like a real fraternity that, are you? I, I don't know if you've heard this before. Oh shit! Are you sure that you're not Seth Rogen, or not <laughs> Seth Rogen? What's it? Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever say that? Hold on. Four people in the last year. I had never heard it until what? Well, like when he lost all that weight. Yeah, no. Like that's my first follow-up question every time someone says it. Is I'm like, which version of Jonah Hill? Like wow. Uh, yeah, when he lost all the weight, Jonah Hill. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, hey, of kick, the movie. Here, kick. I need you to get some video of this because this is just crazy. Like, wow. wow. Look. <laughs> yeah, just send me the video. Dude, come on, yeah. man. Find a good picture of it. There was, um, uh, 
Hey, I'll take it, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a good look though, because he makes millions. You feel yeah. Me? Yeah. You say so. You're saying I look successful. There yes. you go. Hey, yes. Yeah, that's all. That's all. So here's a funny story, too. Just talking about actors. When I was like 15 in high school, my whole family we'd all go down to the Outer Banks, right? And uh, like three times that summer, I had frosted tips. Dude, I had the frosted and, tips uh, too. <laughs> I like that. Did you spike it up in the front? Oh like yeah, hundred percent. Justin Timberlake's, huh? Hell yeah. So people <laughs> told me I had like three people tell me like that summer they're like, "You look like Nick Lachey." <laughs> so, Bro, I see it. So hey, that was my that was my wife's like crush her whole life. So chill I'll, over I'll there. Stay right? I'll stay away. I'll stay away. Um, my wife watches this. So this girl. <laughs> comes up to me in the Outer Banks and she goes, oh, you know who you look like? And I'm like pumping my chest. I'm like, Nick Lachey. She was like, no, like some kid I went to high school with. I was like, <laughs> so I went like, like yeah, no, you know. I feel like you're like if Nick Lachey and like Ron from Jersey Shore had oh, Jersey Shore. <laughs> come on. Are you Italian? Is Del uh, Sardo yeah. like as Italian as it gets? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of, what's Gretkowski? Is that Polish. Italian? Polish. Yeah. I was going to say the ski so at the my end dad, threw me off. My dad has four sisters. His his mom, they're hundred percent Italian, and then gotcha. Um, but yeah. So then, to follow that up, like two years ago during the pandemic, we were in Hilton Head, and I went golfing by myself, and I got placed with these two guys, and uh, we get to like hole number seven, and they're like, "You really look like Nick Lachey, man." <laughs> So I'm like, all right, let's take a picture. You can send it to your wives. Yeah. Tell them to golf with Nick Lachey. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not Jonah Hill, though. Hey, like, listen. I don't know how to take that half the time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I need to get Jonah on the episode. At this I, point. I would think, yeah. Doppelganger. <laughs> we, we actually, we work with someone. His name's Tyler. And he looks exactly like uh, Channing Tatum. 100%. And I said, we need to do a re reboot of uh, 21st Jump, 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Whatever oh it's my called. Gosh, yes. Like, do some, like, because yeah. he looks, bro, I'll put him in the edit. He looks just like, <laughs> <laughs> if we did, like, some back-to-back, -back, like, shots like this. Oh, it would be hilarious. Be like, Maybe we do that at the office. 23 Jump Street's coming out. We so, got to do it at the office. It's, like, funny, too. I have to see if I can find this picture. But Bruce now is bald. And Wasn't he's, he always? He well in college. So when I was at Pitt, I turned on one of the Toledo games because they were playing at like, you know, Tuesday nights. Were you guys graduate? You graduate the he's, same year. He's two years older than me. Okay. And um, oh man, I wish I, I I'll find it at some point. Yeah, but send it to me. Him in the Rock. He, <laughs> he he looks like a mini, skinnier version of the Rock. Like bald hair. Yeah, I can like see it. Eyebrows. I can see and, it. And. Uh, and The Rock's the owner of the FS XFL, and Bruce coaches in the XFL. I'm like, how did they not look at each other and be like, we kind of look alike. Like that Spider-Man meme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just looking at each other? <laughs> oh, so, man. That's funny as hell. Dude, um, thanks for being here today, man. No like, problem. This is, like, to go back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier before we, we sat down, if I could rewind and, and say to myself that I'd be interviewing you to, like, the middle school version of me, like, I'd be geeking out, dude, because that <laughs> – that era of pit football really shaped. Yeah. I, I, I got a Pelco jersey in my house still like a size youth medium or something. Like I, yeah. I was tiny, dude. And that's why I looked up to you because like you I remember growing up, the first receiver that I kind of saw because I feel like as an athlete, you always who who can I like who looks like me? And who like who can I mimic their game to get to that level? And like first it was Wayne Corbett for the Jets. And I, he was like the first like undersized white dude slot receiver that like I was like that's my guy because I was always tiny as hell like I mean my freshman year in high school I think I was like 
95 pounds, like tiny, bro. And then by like 11th grade, I was as big as I am now. And then I just stopped growing. So it was like, like two years of my life. But, you know, in middle school, you know, I remember watching Pitt and like, I really got ushered in with the Rod Rutherford, Fitzgerald, you know, connection, the Fiesta Bowl. And like, you know, that, that whole era really brought me into Pitt football. I'd watch every game with my grandfather. I mean, we even went to a couple when you guys, you know, were first starting playing at Heinz Field. And uh, then, you you know, the Palco era came in and you guys were there. And, and I'll never forget the one-handed catch, the, the Sports, Illust- or Sports Center top 10 play, dude. I still, to this day, don't know how you caught it. I mean, I, I strategically put this one behind you. Yeah. Because I think this is the best catch I've ever seen in my life. But, bro. I was going to, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping to have, like, a painting unveiled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You said yes to doing the podcast last week, so yeah. I I, uh, I didn't have enough time. To yeah, no, up no, here, you're but good. I I actually texted Trey and I was like, dude, I'm about to drop everything I got to do this week and just paint that play. But yeah, no, that play really like I was like, damn, that was so that that you know stuck out. I, I was sitting down like Trey and I just this is our second official episode co-hosting. So I've been doing this show for a year and met Trey in the fall and. Uh, you know, we made it Facebook official and brought him on like last week, you know, Facebook so, officials, yeah, real, it's, man. it's you know real. I mean? So real yeah. relationships, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's official until it's, it's on Facebook. That's right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's out there to the world now. But, um, you know, I sat down, I'm like, who would be like ideal guests to get on? So I started thinking like the obvious people come up like, oh, I want Kenny Pickett. I want, you know, all these big name, like current players. And while, yeah, I, I do want to have them on. I started thinking like, who really like made me fall in love with the game of football? And so I started writing down my favorite teams and favorite players I started going through my like high school I went through the the closet of like all I still have all my jerseys I had like growing up yeah, and I came across the Palco one and I was like Palco and I thought about that play yeah I was like dude I wonder what the hell he's up to yeah searched you on Instagram found out you have a podcast of your own and I was like so yeah it's, yeah well, it's it's crazy to have you here man I'm gl- all that to say I'm glad to have you <laughs> oh, I appreciate it I got it I got I gotta love hey you got a, a lot fan of love right, right? I'm, I'm blushing I'm, uh, yeah, I, I like really grew up in that era. So yeah, not to like you know. No, I I like I'm a little here, bit like, too young, just a little bit. Yeah, you you young buck. And then kick back here, he's super too young. That's his. Kick didn't know who I did a painting of Cordell Stewart last year, and he didn't know who Cordell Stewart was. I was born in 2004. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so that was <laughs> like. Uh, that's yeah, fair. He's, <laughs> you gotta you gotta look at the Steeler history, you know. I know, right. So what was it like Slash. playing at Pitt for you during that era, man? You got two different eras, right? You had the Palco era, then you had the Larry Fitz, Rod Rutherford era when you were a freshman. Yeah. Tell me about those two eras, man. Like, what was spectacular for you, but what was also the most difficult things for you? It was, um, so it was, like, kind of, like, fresh. When I was a freshman in high school, in eighth grade, right, I would go to high school, and I would look up at the seniors, like, these guys, these are these are men, right? right. Like, how I'm not I'm not going to be able to get that big. How am I going to play against these guys and their seniors in high school? And I kind of felt that way a little bit with coming in as a freshman at Pitt. You know, you had Rod, Lou, Lusaka, Polite, Shante Spencer, Fitz. Like, and this was after Fitz's unbelievable freshman year. So you come in and you're practicing against these guys, and they just seemed like similar to when I was a freshman in high school, I'm like, wow, these guys are like big. How am I going to play? I came in and I'm thinking like, I need a lift. I came in at like 208 and Walt Harris was like, you need to lose like 20 pounds. <laughs> you need to get faster. So I had like cut weight, but it was, I think the difficult thing was even for someone like me 
come in. I mean, I grew up 15 minutes from Oakland, right? right. And you're a local kid too. Right. So it was like, I was coming to Pitt, but I was still homesick, right? I was a walk on. I knew a couple of the guys on the team, but it was still like, I remember going to um, like lunch and stuff during camp and I'm like sitting by myself just cause I'm like, I, I, I don't fit in. I'm right. a walk on, I, you know, they don't really want me here, right. but they kind of do want me here, but I'm, you know. There, I had the same feeling only at a D2 level. Like I, I got injured my senior year in high school. I had like interest from Pitt. I went to a couple camps, whatever. I was probably gonna be a walk on, but like even that seemed far-fetched. So like yeah. I walked on, same, same feelings though, where I was a preferred walk on where I went. And it, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's like preferred walk on, what the hell does that mean? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you still gotta go out every single chance you get and prove yourself because. And, and I got a high respect for walk-ons by the way. And that's for both of you, just because you guys pay to get tortured. Oh, You know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? Right? Like you're paying to hopefully get a chance for this to be free, but you're paying to wake up at 6 a.m. to be tortured by your coach, to be tortured by your teammates. Well, when, like, when people with scholarships would be like complaining about off-season workouts, I'd be like, man, you. My pockets right? hurt and my body yeah. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so it was crazy. So it was like, I remember a kid, his name was um, Doug Roseberry came in and he played in an all-star game with my cousin Bruce. And I was like walking around. It's like you see in the movies, right? Like when you were in 21 Jump Street and you're walking around. High and uh, Jesus. but I was walking around, like didn't really know where to sit. And he was like, hey, come over here. And he played with my cousin Bruce and right. he knew who I was like from that. And uh, and then you start to feel more comfortable and it, and it gets on. And I went I remember going up to the coaches. I'm like, I, I'll play on special teams. I don't care. Like I was running down as a gunner, like 208 pound, you know, short white guy. I'm like, I can't get down there. Like <laughs> he's in the end zone before I'm getting down to, to cover the punt. But I played on like punt return, kick, kickoff return. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I just want to get on the field. And I played some special teams. And then it was like, then you start to learn the game, right? You start to learn things that you can do. And I started to lose weight and, um, so after my rook, or rookie, my freshman year, we had this uh, new coach come in, Pete Carmichael, senior. So, like, the Saints offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, his dad was our coach. He was, like, 60-something years old. He was a character. But he taught me a lot on getting open, like how to manipulate the defender. And then as that spring ball started going on, I was the leading receiver. I was, like, down to, like, 183. And – things started to get a little easier for me. And that's where I'm like, oh, I was, I was the leading receiver. Walt told me I might get a scholarship. And I go in and I'm like, I call my parents. I'm like, I think, I think this is it. Like Walt wants to see me. And I go into his office and he chews my ass. Like, can I swear? Sorry. No, yeah, you're good. Say whatever you want. So he's like, you missed 17 blocking assignments on the run game. And he's going through this stuff and I'm like, and then it started to click. I'm like, okay, it's not just about catching passes, right? It's like you need to learn what you're doing exactly. in the run game. Exactly. And it's like attention to detail on everything. <laughs> so then camp comes around, and um, Terrell Allen, who was my year, played as a freshman, got hurt. Prince L. Brockenbro, Larry left. Prince L. Brockenbro hurt his knee. So it was like there was an opportunity, right? Right. And it was like, I, I had to take advantage of that opportunity. And I think I was the only wide receiver that camp and it was hot. And, uh, I was oh, the only reps. one that didn't 
like sit out at some point in camp. So you got mad reps. It was like, oh yeah. So you're at like 160 at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, and 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 it just goes back to like what's inside of you and 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 how you fight. And I knew because Tyler and I, my rookie year, Tyler, my fr- rookie, my freshman year, Tyler redshirted because him and Luke Getzey were both as like the backup quarterback oh, Flacco was on that roster too right Joe Flacco, Flacco was yeah my freshman year we were the same year he sucked in too I'm just playing 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 I'm playing I'm playing hey I still talk to him I'll get him on when you all right cool he's a good dude but um so after practice like Tyler and I or Joe and I whoever we throw we go just practice throw routes like do whatever and Tyler was the same way like he had to prove himself so there was all this extra reps after practices, you know, my freshman year. And then all that work translates into to my sophomore year. And it was the night before the first game is when Walt told me, like, I was starting. Yeah. It's like one of those things, too, because Ron Idoka, who's still mm-hmm. up at Pitt, I don't know if you, mm-hmm. you know Ron. So he was a walk-on, and he was, like, getting a lot of reps at DN. So Walt's talking. He's like, hey, this guy walked on, and I'm thinking – like, I'm not even thinking of myself. I'm just thinking, like, oh, Ron probably going to get a scholarship. And then he said me, and I'm like, I just started, like, crying. Yeah, you know man. I mean? it's that's, like, that's beautiful right there. Bro. I can honestly say seeing walk-ons, like, you earned it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of guys that come in on scholarship, and they think they got everything that I'm saying together, and they end up being a bust. Like, I've seen five stars end up being weak, not good at all, right? But then you see those walk-ons who come in, they give everything. Like I said, money, time, bro. Like, they have to be patient. I have more respect for walk-ons than I do for any player that I ever played with. You know what I'm saying? Just because y'all have to fight to get what you want. Yeah. And it's like – and it happened. It kind of happened, too, like when, when the coaching change happened. And I – what Was that after that year? Or? That was after my sophomore year. Okay. But it was like – because you go through and it's like, okay, they're going to give these scholarship guys a mm-hmm. chance before – you know, they might give them two chances before you get a chance to right. prove yourself. Oh, for sure. But and it depends on the coaching staff. Like, Walt, like, if he didn't trust you, if he didn't trust that you knew where you would be or had to be, and you, he didn't trust that you were going to catch the ball, like, you weren't going to play. Yeah. It, it, it didn't matter how good you were, how fast you were, how athletic. It was like, yeah. be where you're supposed to be and catch the ball. Right. And that was, you know – it was how I got my shot, and it's like taking taking advantage of those opportunities. And right. uh, yeah, so it was it was wild. And being in my hometown too, it was like the highs were high, but then it was like you know, then going into my junior year, I get benched and things happen. It's like you want to climb into a hole and you know not come out, and and that on top of the the rest of the stuff I was getting into was you know tough it was a tough time so i mean i know you've you've told your story a lot um you know but i mean even for me someone that grew up you know watching you play i didn't really know the extent of your story until uh recently when i asked you to come on so i like started digging in and like you know watching some of the interviews and things you've you've been putting out and doing over the years and it's actually funny anthony our video guy you actually spoke at one of his class like at his school we're growing up at Montour. Yeah. 
Coach Lou. Oh, yeah. Coach Lou's the best. So it, it's but, really cool to see, like, you know, what you've been doing since, you know, you've been through all that. And I don't want that to be the focus of our episode because yeah. I know you've you've lived a full life since then. And I think that's like the, a tendency, I think, probably when people talk to you or share your story is like, let's focus on the negative. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is part and a huge part of your story. So I want to go back there just briefly. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you said this kind of started in high school, right? Uh, with an injury. Yeah. So I got hurt my senior year and like, I was, I was terrified. So like you talk about like visions and goals and stuff, right? Like I wanted to play big time. Like that was my goal. So I didn't drink in high school. Like I didn't party. I, I was just never into that scene. And like my junior year, I chewed out the team cause it was like, two days before a playoff game we had off school and they were at a party and like mm-hmm. all these kids were smoking weed and doing this stuff and i'm like you know we were getting pounded in a playoff game and i'm like mf in these kids and then a year later i get hurt and i had no idea what pills were i didn't know anything about it but i'm like man i'm gonna be able to play if i take this and i'm trying to earn a scholarship so i end up taking it and and you know end up going down this this downward spiral and and uh came out of it for like you know a year and a half and two years during my first couple years in uh college and was able to you know have that successful part and then as things started going downhill from a playing perspective then the other stuff went downhill did the downhill of the playing trigger that or did the did that trigger the downhill spiral of the playing? Like, you know what I mean? Did the drugs affect the playing or did the playing affect the drugs first? I think, so, the the, the drugs didn't really affect my playing. Because I, you know, and I would have to maybe go back and watch tape, but it was still like my junior year, Notre Dame, you know, I had a good game. And the next game there were, three interceptions all targeted towards me. And then it was like, after that I was benched. And then that's when I felt like things slowly kind of go downhill. And like I was saying earlier, like everything's magnified, whether it was magnified or not in, in my head, it was magnified because I'm in home, I'm in my hometown. I feel like that embarrassment. And it was just like, I just want to crawl in a hole and not come out and that's kind of what I did for like that long weekend we had because we played on a Friday night and uh and I didn't come out for like two days because I'm like I don't want to see anybody and I don't want to talk to anybody and I just felt like embarrassed so that's when like the things started to really kind of go downhill for me off the field yeah but I still felt like I still felt like I was able to compete at a high level right like I was still in practice like doing I was still going up against Darrell Revis and you know Josh Lay and some of these guys that are like obviously Darrell's in the Hall of Fame it's like you know I'm not gonna say I was killing him every time but I got him here and there and you and if you went against Darrell if you got him on a slant or a post like he'll tackle you the next time (laughs) but um yeah, so I, I, f- I felt like I was still playing at a high level. and, and um, So but, did, did anybody in your life know that you were using? 
Yeah, I had I was dating someone at the time. I had friends, like I said, I grew up around here. I had friends that um, were around here. My my family suspected it. I think um, they heard things, and but it was like they could never catch you in the act because when you get into that life, you're like really good at being really sneaky. So it's like you know, yeah. if they can't like physically see you do it, then like in your head it never happened and you're good at telling them that it never happened you know mm-hmm. so it was yeah it was a and and so you'd say you think it would it started out of a fear of losing football in high school because you were injured right so you said you started taking the pain meds yeah and and so then that just progressed and so you you were a little you you were maybe clean for your freshman and sophomore year or yeah yeah i mean for the most part maybe here and there like but it wasn't like an everyday thing like it started to be as like my junior and senior year came about and um but it was like yeah it was not did i do stuff my freshman and sophomore year yeah but it wasn't it was like far more sporadic and during the season it was like i don't even know if i did anything during my sophomore year yeah um but it's funny that I told someone this uh, yesterday. I was just talking to a guy and I'm like, honestly, the way I felt about drugs, I was terrified of them. And it was like, it wasn't like, hey, you know, you growing up with me, it wasn't like you make a mistake. Like that, that, that. it was like, if you come home drunk or if I see you smoking cigarettes or anything, like I'll kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, that was. And that didn't like scare me or push me into it. Like I was terrified of drugs. So so if someone told me when I took like that first painkiller, like, Hey, you can get hooked on this. And like, I don't know if I ever would have taken it, but I was just so naive. I didn't know anything. I'm like, Oh, this is going to let me play. I didn't know it was addictive. Right. And that's the one thing that like injuries play such a big role is because they fill you up with so many different prescriptions. And then you get to a point where it's like, am I supposed to be still taking these? I still have 200 pills left. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you easily get caught into it. I caught myself at one point in my third knee surgery. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm getting too comfortable. Yeah. Flushed them immediately. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just playing football, man. You identify as a football player. You live your life as a football player. You do everything that you've ever done to be a football player or any sport, right? So when that's taken away from you and you're told either A, you're not good enough and or the injuries involved, it's like, Man, I let my town down, especially playing in your own city, right? I let my town down. I let my family down. People don't care about me no more. You just start getting deeper and deeper into that hole. And it's not like you really want to come out of that hole either. Either You know what I'm saying? Because it's like as much as you're grinding, busting your butt at practice, you're still not getting the results that you want. Mm-hmm. And that becomes difficult, right? So I can understand where you were coming from. Yeah. And I had, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, to his point, like, like, two or three season ending injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Like you had. And it's like, how do you, you know, just the will to come back and keep fighting. Right. And you end up finishing your senior year was like the ACC Mm -hmm. championship year. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, man, to accomplish that. And it's like, you have to kind of step back and look at it and, and have some involvement in sports to really appreciate that because it's like, most people, and I've seen it, you've probably seen it too. It's like, oh, two knee injuries. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, they don't want to fight anymore. 
or you see some of these people now retire and they're like, uh, or I was reading the Andrew Luck story. It was like, I don't want to push through that rehab anymore and do this. And it's like, like seven years, like, that's so Stanford kids, yeah. dude. They don't have the dog. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you need to be Pittsburgh tough. Yeah, seriously though, no. <laughs> Pittsburgh tough is different, man. But uh, yeah, like to come back and do that, and then you get to finish out with ACC championship. Mm-hmm. Like, not many people can do that. And it's like, like he said, he flushed those pills. It could have been like two days away or three days away from like just keep taking them and like you're both. Yeah, like you never know. Yeah, man. I th- I think I actually heard you say on one of the interviews. I think it was with like Colin Coward. Did you do an interview with him on the radio at one point? Maybe like 10 years ago or something? Colin Cower or Dunlap? Colin Dunlap, my bad. Okay. Was, I was thinking Colin Cower. I'm like, did I my, my bad. When, uh, <laughs> when I just said that, I it's wasn't thinking. It was like, I, like I, said, I was telling you earlier, I, I think I'm like dyslexic a little bit because <laughs> I always, for the first like six months I met him, I thought his name was Trey Turner, the guy that played for oh, the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I messed people's last names up with the, anyways. Um, <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah, man. You, I was trying to good. say something important, but I screwed it up with the name. Colin, <laughs> Colin Dunlap. Anyways, saying. yeah, Colin Dunlap. Um, and you said something on there about, um, you know, when you became addicted, and it, it was like when you're addicted, your primary focus is that, yeah. and everything else kind of melts away and becomes second. Um, and I, I think it's interesting, too, because, like, I think, you know, if you ask people that know your story, they'd probably say you, your first addiction was the, the pain meds or whatever. But, like, the truth is your first addiction was football. Oh, yeah. And when that got taken away from you, everything else became second nature. And you were like, whatever I got to do to get that fix of being on the field. Right. And that was the pain meds. So, yeah. like, it's, it's dangerous. And the, the reason I bring that up is because there's something we, we always speak into is – um, you know, finding your purpose right. outside of the lines and, and still having that dog on the field to be like, you know, when I'm working out, when I'm on the field, this is everything. It's my sole focus, but you have to have something to look forward to outside of the lines 100%. while you're playing. Even if you don't know if it's, fi- if you don't have it figured out yet, mm-hmm. you have to be like in the process of like figuring out because the moment that game's taken from you, if you don't have a bigger why or like this is why i'm playing or this is you know what i want to do someday or whatever it's it's it becomes an addiction that you've got to get back on the field and you'll do whatever it takes to do that so you know i I, you know that's i think where especially before you know the social media era before the knowledge of like injury and medicine and the long-lasting effects of that on athletes you know you were kind of a victim to that where you know you you probably were like you know, I just got to get on the field. doesn't matter. Like, I'll, I'll deal with the repercussions later. And, you know, so did you have something, do you think, like looking back, or was it just football? I think it was just football. And I think, too, like, <clears throat> I think there's positives and negatives, obviously, of, like, social media, right, and, and having so much access to so much information. And, two, you're, you're put on more of a pedestal than you probably – should be a lot of folks but so no at that point it was like just football like I was average student at best like you know that was never a huge focus it was like stay eligible for football stay <laughs> eligible for sports right and uh <laughs> so that was like my drive and there was nothing beyond that it was like I'm just gonna play and you know it wasn't like hey I want to I want to get into sales or I want to be a doctor. Or I want to do this. It was just like, 
I want to play football and I want to play professionally if I can. And um, so, yeah, I think now with access to social media, with access to more people through social media that played at a high level and, and do things outside of it, now kids can see, okay, there's more to life than football. Right. You know, and so, like, especially with NIL, and I, I, I don't know how I feel on NIL, but it's <laughs> like, you know, someone like in DeMar's case, right? He was able to s- set up his foundation in college. Right. So if he never made it to the NFL, he had something beyond himself that he was going to do. And I guess, too, and I, and I started to realize this years after is okay I went through this tough time and like this is probably why so I can go out and share it right and Montour was the first school I went to and fortunately for me like most people would not have a clue who I was but luckily I had a catch that that's the only reason people in Pitt typically know who I am it was like (laughs) one catch right. and people come up they're like oh it's Notre Dame I was like no Rutgers Rutgers yeah I didn't but, forget it come on man and they're like um so I I feel like that as I grew like that was my purpose right is I went through this tough time and I came out of it on the other side to go back and share my story and hopefully like one person could be affected by it in a positive way and not go down that path which is too like kind of like the tough thing about it because if you're coaching a kid, right, or whatever, it's like you can coach a kid up and then he gets a scholarship and you're like, man, I, I made a difference. Like I helped him get there. Where it's like addiction, I talk to these kids and I don't know how it affects them if, if someone got something from it. But yeah, you well, know, Anthony's you hear, in the military. Are you? When you talked, I, I DM'd you on Twitter right after, man. You moved, like, the whole football team, everybody. I remember walking away from that with almost, like, tears in my eyes. It was, yeah, it was, and to know that was your first one, man, to hear it for, like, the first time, and you going up there, it was. Hang on, let me, uh, you want to say that into the mic? I, that was good, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, I just remember being so moved by that, man. Well, I appreciate it, and. We got to get you a mic over there. <laughs> and it sure. is, I know, you do need to get him a mic. But it's like. And that's the thing is, is you get the positive feedback and it kind of stinks because it's a sad topic, right? right. It's like, it, it's, it's truly life or death. Cause people will come up to me afterwards and they'll be like, Hey, my, you know, I've heard crazy stories where it's like, Hey, I'm addicted to this, but my, my uncle or my dad that I live with is like my drug dealer. And it's like, I heard some wild stories or like my child is doing this and I'm like hey like the sad thing is like it could end up really really bad like you know with death and that's like the worst of it all so it's it's a tough thing to talk about but it's something that people are going through like so many people are affected by addiction like most people you know so like talking about it and and that's kind of what I realized when I was like three or four years clean um my dad 
said to me too, like, I went to talk to him on tour and he's like, Hey, I heard you talk to him on tour. Like, I really think you need to reconsider doing this because like, you're going to have to get a job and people are going to know about this and it's going to be out there. And at the time I was just like, I don't care. Like, I, I feel like I need, I need to do it. Right. And not only that, but it's like in a selfish way, like it helps me. Mm-hmm. And I was reading something on you, like when, you know, with your, um, love organization mm-hmm. it's like helping other people helps you too mm-hmm. to like stay straight 100 and that's that's the way i feel is like helping others helps me to like not want to go off that path right mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's <clears throat> that's how i feel and that's like as i went through and dealt with like being done with football is uh like okay this is my this is my why and this is my purpose beyond like, you know, my family and like things like that. Like, yeah. What would you say to like a high school, maybe middle school, high school student right now who like their main focus is that dream of making it to the league, uh, playing professional, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. And they really like, you know, have never asked themselves, what do I want to do outside of that? Like, what would you say to maybe start, you know, that, like that conversation or like exploring those things is like, is there something you would have liked to do? I guess, what would you do differently is maybe the question. Mm -hmm. I I guess I would go back and look at, I I don't, it's, it's tough to say because, you know, certain people say it like, you know, if you have a, if you have a plan B, it's like, you don't, put everything you have into to plan a, mm. but I would just say almost like, don't, don't try and ruin your life for that game. Like I would never say to someone, like, I think if you're going to play a sport, like, or do anything you, you want to do, right? Like if you're a musician or you're an artist, like put your, put everything into it. Right. And find something that you like to do, whether it's play the guitar or write or paint or whatever it is, just because you play football doesn't mean you can't explore the Mm -hmm. arts. Like I was a theater minor. Really? Yeah. So (laughs) it was, and I didn't get into that till my senior year. I saw our high school like musical at Seton and I'm like, I like that song. And then I I started getting into it. (laughs) He's Zac Efron before Zac Efron. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Lachey, I'm telling you. you. I saw Jessica Simpson in those Daisy Dukes on Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. That's so I, I guess like yeah, find <laughs> find a passion outside of sports, right? So. And it doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to take away from your sports because you need to give put everything into whatever you do. And that was like me. And that's what like if I talk to kids now, I try and say is like all these kids, right? Like they'll go to personal trainers and strength coaches and do this. And that's not bad, but it's like, do it on your own a little bit. Like we would go, when I was little, we would go play basketball. So Brandon Cheatham, who was a hooper in Blackhawk, went to play at Ohio State. We'd go work out with his dad and then for three or four hours, and then we'd go play two on two, me, Bruce, my buddy and my brother. And it was like, we'd play two on two for like 10 minutes and then we'd be like fist fighting and firing balls at each other for, you know, 45 minutes. And it was like, just get that fight in you and, and, and put everything into it. But like, 
you know, you still need to have that in the sport you're playing. You want to have that tenacity, but like, you know, when you're done fighting and doing this, like go read a book or, you know, got it right. Or yeah. Something I've like learned over the years, especially cause it's, it's really hard to balance Cause like as an artist, you're, you know, you're, you're taught to like feel and like, you know, express your emotions. And then like you get on the football field and it's like, dude, you gotta like, you gotta find a different channel. And it's, it's really like a weird Crazy. balance, especially if you major and you said you minored in the arts. I, I was an art major playing college football. Like yeah. I didn't relate to any of my teammates on that scale. So like, you know, they're, they're coming out of like these, these different kind of lectures and classes and they're like, you know, re they're just like amped up. They've been sitting still at a desk all day, you know what yeah. I mean? And then I just came out of this like art class where I was sketching like a nude model and I'm just like real chill <laughs> and relaxed and I got to like flip the switch and, yeah. you know, be aggressive now. So it was, it was definitely like a, um, a different scenario being an arts major, but I think that it actually made me more of a well-rounded person because there, I know art majors and like, you know, artists in general that didn't tap into the, the competitive side and they struggle now in business. They, they're incredible artists. They, they don't, don't know that, business, the competitive side of it. Yeah, yeah. To fight through, like it's, it's a competitive field, right? Like to go out and to do anything, whether it's arts, but it's like, you need to you need to fight because if you're not doing it, someone's doing it. Somebody. Yeah, and then on the other side of that, I know people that were athletes and they never tapped into that competitive side, and they just still beat their head against the wall when something goes wrong. So yeah. they like never tapped into their feelings. So there is like a a balance, a balance yeah. to to the to it all. I and definitely I'm, find it important though to what you said is working on your mental. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we pay people so much just to work on our physical, right? Like if I'm fat, I want to look good. I want to go pay somebody right now to go get my body right. Or if, if I feel like I need to get better at football, I'm going to pay somebody to go train me, right? Mm -hmm. But why are we not paying people to train our minds? And why are we not also going out there to train our own minds as well? That's why I got so deep in the mental health realm. Yeah. Is because like at the end of the day, right, it comes down to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, nowadays, kids, they rely so much on everybody else giving them something. Right. They're not yeah. going out on their own and working. They're not going out on their own and playing basketball until the, the lights come on. You know, that's that's a little bit different than what we went through that kids nowadays don't really technically do as much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So to see that now, th I feel like a lot of kids these days just expect things to happen just because they put in some work. Yeah. They don't understand what hard work actually means. Hard work is working when nobody else is actually watching you. That's yeah. so cliche to say, but yeah. like you're actually over there in the dark days, bro, almost in a dungeon, just going at it. But that's even with your mental health as well, right? Like yeah. how are you working on your personal development? Are you reading books? Are you taking time to listen to yourself? Are you giving yourself love? Have you taken those times to actually say, I love you? Yeah. Like, and you really got to ask yourself, like, do I love me? Yeah. Like, because a lot of people, they go on in life and don't actually love themselves. They love everybody but themselves. Yeah. How is that yeah. fair? You spend more time with you than anybody else in your entire life. 24-7, 365. But you'll love somebody else faster than you'll love yourself. Yeah. Make sense of that. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't. And that's that's what I say. So, like, going back to, to, like, addiction and recovery and stuff is they always teach you, like, you have to be selfish, right? Like, you have to take care of your recovery mm. and your addiction before you can ever think about like taking care of anyone else you got to be selfish to be selfless yeah <laughs> dang man clip that that's right there that's a clip right there dude. that's the intro that's the <laughs> yeah. intro part <laughs> right <laughs> that one I yeah. ain't gonna lie. 
Was that off the cuff, or you off always the cuff, say that? Off the cuff, right the top okay. of my head. I ain't even going <laughs> I feel like I was freestyling right there. That's, uh, but that's, I mean, that's the truth. Like, if I don't focus on me staying clean, then I start doing drugs again. And then it's like, I'm no good to my wife, my kids, my family, anybody. But it's like, if I take care of that part of it, then I can be of service or of, you know, of value to other people. And, um, it is, it is crazy too. Like going back to what Trey was saying is like kids. And I think, so touching on NIL and the transfer portal, I think, free the, agency? I think the tree, <laughs> I think the transfer portal with NIL is the worst thing. Cause now you don't have to, kids don't have to face adversity. It's like, man, if I come to pit and I don't play, well, I'll just transfer to, you know, Toledo. And if I don't play there, then I'll just transfer to wherever. I like it in the sense that it, it, you know, um, it gives them the freedom to like, it makes coaches, I think a little more accountable to like not go in and tell lies in kids' living rooms. But to your point, um, I think there should be some standard for like hundred percent. W- what is like a, a moral transfer almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a, yeah. like there's a, there's a reasonable one. And then there's, I personally feel you, you should only be allowed one transfer I, I because agree with that. there's kids jumping like hopscotch to different schools, right? And then with that said, like, people can get upset with me. I don't care. I'm just going to keep it real. In my personal opinion, in terms of NIO, there should be no kid with 3.2 or $3.5 million in their current bank account. Yeah. Hear me out here. I think that they should be able to have a max limit of maybe 500000 and be taught on what to do with that 500000 Then the rest of those millions be put aside for them for when they graduate. Yeah. So now if that kid no longer wants to play ball, Right. He has an opportunity. He or she has an opportunity, depending on what sport they play, to now get to continue their life. However, they plan on continuing their lives. Yeah. So you cap it off at a certain level so they can learn to do with a little before they get a lot. And that's my personal opinion on how they yeah, should have did it. I, I agree with it. Can we start a business on that? <laughs> yeah, it's Let's funny see. you yeah. asked. You know, <laughs> we're we're going to talk after this. Um, it's going to happen. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I agree with that. And then it's – well, here's the thing, too, going back to, like, social media and these kids. So, like, I'll turn on the TV and I see some kid from California or wherever, and it's, he's sitting there with, you know, six helmets, and then it's on ESPN. I'm like, this kid hasn't played a down of college football. Acting like it's LeBron going to Miami. Yeah. So, so not only that, is it ridiculous that high school kids are being put on this pedestal, but now the pressure that you're putting on this kid to perform. So he goes to Ohio State or wherever he goes and doesn't start as a freshman. Oh, is he a bust? Or he starts as a freshman and yeah. he throws 30 interceptions to 10 touchdowns. It's like... I don't think you could tag an 18-year-old kid as a bust. Here's why. No. It's because that's an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This kid doesn't even know what he wants to major in. Come on, bro. Right? So yeah. You can't. And, and people do it so often. I feel like fans forget that we're humans, right? Yeah. Like, they look at us and they see us what we do. You've seen him make a catch as a kid. In your head, he can take off and he can fly around the city. It's not actually possible. We're still human enough to the point where as much as you think that we got it good, we still go back home when we're stressed out. We still have these problems. We still have these issues. And we play a sport yeah. on top of that, right? So it's going back to, like, please appreciate the athlete for the human as well as the athlete that they are. Because, again, nobody knew what you were going through. Mm-hmm. Not until you said something. Yeah. 
You understand? But then those fans still call you. And now on social media, that 18-year-old kid they call a bust can now see on who's calling him a bust. Yeah. Right? So you're playing with his mental health as we speak. Exactly. He drops a pass, right? Now he's getting tweets. <laughs> oh, you suck. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. At one point in time, I had somebody call my mom because I dropped the pass and say that I shouldn't even exist. And I'm like, bro, it's that deep for you? You probably went to school here for probably two years and dropped out, and you mad at me <laughs> because I dropped one pass. But that happens everywhere, man. So should you, should you have caught it, though? 100% I should have caught that ball. <laughs> I should have caught it. Can't lie. Should have caught it. I probably didn't deserve to be on the field after that. But, hey, <laughs> don't tell me that because I'm already feeling that. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm harder on myself than you'll ever be. So you know what I mean? Let me be, let right? me be for yeah. a second. Like, yeah, bro, I still, I still replay plays from high school that I'm like, I should have caught that. But here's the worst part. They don't even forget it. They don't even understand that. Yeah, you may feel this way, but we're about to go watch film. Oh, and coach is about to go stop it, rewind, play it, stop, rewind. (laughs) Like, and it used to kill your whole pride, bro. Bro, I thought about quitting after every film session. The worst part is, and I know everybody knows this, and I'm just gonna put it out there. You know when you mess up in a game. And then you get into the film room and you know your play's coming up. Yeah. But they stop, they <laughs> stop, they stop the play right before your play. And then you get to your play and he's talking about somebody else. He ain't even see you yet. Yeah. And he'll rewinding it. You're just like, ah. Have you ever have you ever gotten the pass where you're sweating? Like, I can't even sleep the, that night. <laughs> and then you get to film. Bro, this happened to me one time where I was so worked up about him seeing this one play because he would eat us alive, dude. Kill us, I mean, bro. Straight up, like he knew I was an art major, so he'd use that to his advantage. Like talking about, like, <laughs> I don't even know how you fucking color in the lines, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I mean, as brutal as it possibly can get, uh, that's like on the like light scale of what he would tell me. But um, there was one time I was like terrified. I was like, it's probably the worst play that I've ever gotten into. We get in there, we get like three plays before it, and I'm like, dude, it's coming up. He stands up, starts freaking out, like, cause we got we got our ass beat that game, right. and um, he goes, "I can't even watch this film anymore." Like, yanks yes. the cord out of the wall, and I was like, "Thank God, <laughs> praise God, dude!" Like, this was like the best <laughs> moment of my life. I left that room like we just got our ass beat, we just got chewed out, and I'm like walking away with like a smile on my face. But like, listen, yeah. the worst is though is when you're either on special teams and you get like destroyed. And coach is not talking about you, but you hear everybody on the team going, ooh, ooh, yo, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you I had one play. I got hit so hard. This is the one I ended up in the hospital. I got hit so hard that, like, all I remember is just, like, waking up and then realizing I can't breathe. And then I go to watch the film. I'm in the hospital, mind you. This is when your lung collapsed? Bro, my lung collapsed, bro. I'm in the hospital. And I'm getting texts from my boys, like, bro, like, you all right? Like, <laughs> That film ain't look too good. I'm like, bro, let me see the film. So they give me an iPad. I'm watching a film, and I'm just watching me just get crushed, like, yeah. crushed. As soon as I got back, right, as soon as I started practicing again, my coach started being like, yeah, that boy made you scared, huh? Yeah. You scared to catch again, ain't you? I'm like, come on, coach. And they, like, coaches, I don't know if people know this, coaches ain't got no remorse. Like, when you're uh, in their realm, they don't care about your mother. They don't uh, care about your dude. father. They don't care about it. Like, what's the dude who makes the content where it's like, coach, uh. Oh, I know you're talking coach, about. It's so true. It's so um, true. He's like. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. he, he's like, he pretends to be a coach. coach it's and like, he'll, like, watch film. Coach, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It's after every, like, game where, like, say, for example, when Tennessee lost, mm-hmm. he puts on, like, a Tennessee like get up right oh, that's hilarious and then he like points out kids and how bad the certain play was and he acts like the coach what's his name and you hear it and you're just like 
That's that hilarious. was my coach. Yeah. That was my coach. I'll uh, I'll send you um, I'll send you some of these videos, but bro, they're they're so accurate. Isn't there one where he was like he was like your mother shouldn't even have had you. You should <laughs> you should just go home. Bro, they all they always like and like the music will be like <laughs> like when he says it and they're like. Hey. Did you ever see the the thing? It's been going around like a baseball coach and he's like, you know, uh, your mommy or your daddy might tell you that. It doesn't matter if you win as long as you play hard. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm here to tell you that your mom or dad are probably a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but that's stuff that you hear, bro. Like, seriously, yeah. bro. Like, I've what? heard people just, walk-ons especially. Like, walk-ons get it bad, yeah. bro. Like, bro, he would eat us a lot. And, and my bad, I was trying to find his video. He, um, my dad, my dad hit my, one of my best friends. Now, and here's the thing, too, with, like, coaching and, and how you approach it to like life after football so my buddy played through high school grew up playing for my dad in basketball and football so we get yelled at this one game we're losing by like 30 in hoops and my dad hits him with this line which I think is like the greatest and we talk about it on our podcast and we me and my buddy still even joke about it he's like he goes you know what your problem is <laughs> People tell you you're good, but you really stink. <laughs> and it's it's funny. So like my dad had a stroke and was sick like years ago, and my buddy worked his way up through the fashion world. Right? Talk about sports. Like I never even knew he was into fashion, and he comes home. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm trying to get on this MTV show," and I'm like, "I I think I've just seen you wear Nike shorts and a T-shirt my whole life. I didn't even know you were into it." So now he lives in Italy and is like works for wow. Ferragamo, like wow. big time fashion. And he came back to like tell my dad when he was sick, like, hey, thanks for always pushing me because I had some tough bosses and da da da. So my dad, he comes in to talk to my dad. He's in a deep V-neck that's like down here, jeans that are short, Chuck T's, no socks on, right? Yeah. Like totally my dad's like sweatpants and a hoodie yeah. guy all the time. And he comes in and my dad's like not with it totally and he's like, my buddy's like tearing up a little bit. And he's like, coach, I just want to say like, thank you. And, and my dad stops and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like so quintessential and like fitting for how my dad is. And like, but to go back to like the film is like, you get this like brutal honesty and you're just like, Man. Bro, tears you apart. Even in practice, bro, like, there's no let-up. Like, there's no – and that's where some things, like, I feel like kids nowadays, like, don't really understand what it means to go play college football. It doesn't matter if it's D2, D3, D1. Like, mommy and daddy can't save you here. Yeah. Like, the players are different. If you can't fight, you better learn. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you better learn and fast. Then, to go back to film, it, it never failed to when you would do something right. Never would be talked about. Never, you no, never. Yeah. Waiting for that one time you like came across the middle and like you know laid the linebacker out on a you know crackback or you something like yourself. that. You're waiting for like that. Hey, good job, good job, Tipton or something like right. that. Fast forward or like you you make the catch. It's just like you know you get reamed out for missing a block and then you make like a third and fifteen first down catch with one hand tiptoe on the sideline and it's like good catch, Tipton. Like next Bro, play. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Narduzzi would not listen. I love this man, Narduzzi. I know you're gonna watch this, so. Listen up. <laughs> Doozy would never take it easy on anybody. Like, not a coach, not a player. Everybody got the same treatment. 
not kick. <laughs> Everybody gets the same treatment. That's the one thing I respect about that man more than anything is like, it don't matter who you are, you're getting the same treatment unless you're Kenny Pickett. <laughs> then, then the treatment a little bit changes. But other than that, everybody gets the same exact treatment. And I think the we funniest Kenny thing. Kenny like that? What? Listen, Kenny's my dog, bro. But Kenny was the only way we would get stuff done. Like, if we wanted something done in the locker room, hey, Kenny, 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 Kenny. Yeah. So go tell Coach Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only way we knew we'd get it done. Cause that's I'll, how I get stuff done at work. I, I use you to talk to Bud. That's crazy, man. That makes me feel good, though, because that means I'm the star. <laughs> Because Kenny, man, listen, we had times where, and I'm just going to say this, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. So during COVID, right, you know how everybody was getting those things shoved up their noses? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Bro, we, we have a chance to go to the bowl game, but people are opting out of the bowl game. Kenny comes to the locker room. Like, he talks to the, the, like the captain group, right? He's like, do you think the guys want to go to the bowl game? Every captain looked at each other like, bro, we had this thick shoved up our nose five times a week for 14 weeks. You think I want to go another week, another three weeks without having that thing shoved in my nose? We all were like, yo, go tell dudes, bro, we're not playing. So Narduzzi comes into the team room. He's like, stand up if you want to play. Bro, there was two people who stood up, bro. Everybody else just sat down. There's 105 of us. Listen. Listen those two were walk-ons, weren't they? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> They start, they're starting that game. We don't got a chance, dude. Hey, they was like, man, we got to get a scholarship, bro. Like, yeah. stand up, bro. Yeah, just stand yeah, up. Yeah. Just stand up. And I was just like, bro, like, those memories, though, are the things that you remember most. most. Oh, and yeah. you look back now, you're like, yo, like, I miss those days. Like, I honestly, like, I miss being yelled at at practice because now I have, like, I'm coaching kids. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, you're so soft, bro. Like, yeah. Like, coach would have ate you alive by now, bro. Like, especially the freshmen coming in, bro, you always be like, what lie did they tell you? I know, right? <laughs> like, it's, off rip. It's, it's crazy. And that's the thing, too, about sports that I miss the most is, like, in the locker room. And, like, the dog days of camp, right? And you're dying, and it's, like, inside run period. And they would call the receivers down, like some of us. And I was always, like, called down. And I had to block Clint Session, who's, like, a like I already know. bowling ball. It's like, hey, we're running 28 toss crack. And I'm like, I don't want to crack him hold back. On, hold on. <laughs> but the crack part, the worst part about crack is the fact that you're 180. He's 280. <laughs> Physics say you have no chance. Yeah, right? And at some point, he's going to realize where the ball is, and he's running downhill through me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But you do it, and then it's like – but those are the things you miss. And then, like, the locker room. And yeah, like, bro. And – all this stuff, like, outside the game. Like, you still love to compete. And, like, honestly, like, I play in that Southside Hoop League. And there's a lot of good players that play in college or overseas hoops. And it's, like, that's what I live for now, like, is this Sunday. And I have – there's a referee who has a whistle. And I'm, like, it's game day, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, like, <laughs> if you need an extra player. The week. If you need an extra player. Hey, a I'll minute, let you know. A minute to win it. Okay, might have to have a tryout. Admitted <laughs> <laughs> to it. No, but I, I, um, so like that's that's the things you miss, and then it's like even afterwards, like talking to the guys on my team because we've been playing like the six or seven of us for you know seven years now, and it's like just hanging after watching the next game and BSing like that's the stuff you miss with the like, locker room. Do you golf at all? Yeah, Love you like golf. The, I, I do too. I'm trying to get real good at golf. I'm not that good, bro. I need some work. Yeah, we'll go. We both probably are terrible right now, but we can be good. I mean, I love golf. You out? How many times a summer do you think you go out? Like 
you like a once a week guy or like once a month or no twice maybe twice a month depending on like the year if there's like some exceptions where's your go-to spot my buddies will always text me and be like hey you want to go to um oh, what the heck's the place frosty valley or never been out there hickory heights frosty valley's a nine hole course but it's like honestly i'll go i'll go anywhere you right. know it's like bro i snapped on a golf course recently on at, at this old dude uh, he was he was he was mf and my grandfather <laughs> Yeah, we went up to the. We, it was a nine-hole course, and we went up to the uh, the thing because there was like a wait at the first tee box. And I was like, dude, there's nobody on the back half of the course. I was like, do you want us to just tee off on five? Because it was like one through four were over here, five through nine are over here, and it's like you know on one side of the road. And he was like, because we golf there a lot. And he was like, yeah, just go tee off over there and just keep it moving. And I was like, cool. So we do that. But the first group was like coming down the hill. He said, as long as they're not on the green yet go ahead and like tee off. So they weren't on the green yet. We tee off, bro. They, they come up flying up next to us, like, you know, like freaking out. Cause we started on five and I was like, bro, I went and talked. And so I like, was like chill. And like, I calmed down the situation bro. the other cart comes up and they start MF and bro, I snapped. I, I, I like started walking towards this car to like 70 year old dudes. Just like Hulk. See, yeah. My t see, that's the one thing about me. I realized like there's certain situations I should not speak. Yeah. Just because I know what I'm going to say yeah. is going to cause us to all fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. If, I don't know if it was just the fact that this person was like disrespecting my grandfather. And I was just like, that just like sat real yeah. weird with me. Like I've never seen anybody MF my grandfather, you know? Yeah. And I was like, listen here, mother. <laughs> yeah. And right. Like went back and was like, and I, I never, like, I get mad when people on the golf course are really, really slow. I don't care if you're good, bad or not, but it's like, if you're taking seven practice swings right. and then you f get a different club and take seven more practice swings and then you hit the ball on the ground two feet, it's like, I don't <laughs> care if you hit it on two feet, like, but just take one practice swing or go up and hit it. Like, cause chances are you're not going to stick it to five feet ever. Well, that was <laughs> I think why I got so fired up because it, we teed off and we both had great drives and I'm like, I'm like a golfer where I'll have like either a great drive and then I'm like a three putt or like I have a terrible drive and then I put a, a I stick it on the green on my side. Like I can never put a full hole together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like on this hole though, I, I, uh, I hit a killer drive, chipped it on and then drained like a 25 foot putt, dude. This thing was like curving forever. It looked like the Tiger Woods, like, yeah. you know, and I was celebrating. I was like, so pumped. So I was like, we were moving quick. We get to the next tee box, and that's when they cut. They skipped the hole just to come up and like freak out on us, and that's why I was like, "Yeah, some people." It's like, it's, we weren't even holding them up. I teed off one time, and this hill was like sloped down, and me and my cousin were playing, and I, you couldn't see anybody, and there were a couple trees on the right, so we're like, "Oh, I guess no one's here." Like we'll tee off. So I teed off, and it hit the left side of the thing, the fairway, and then it just sloped and rolled down, and then all of a sudden we see some guy come out from behind the trees. So we go down and we're sitting there and I can't find my ball. And it was like on the right side of the fairway. And he was like, he, he spoke like broken English. So I couldn't understand fully what he said. And I'm like, where's the ball? And he's like, I threw it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care if I almost hit you. I didn't hit you. You know, I didn't see you were even down there. So it wasn't like I was intentionally hitting to you. And he threw my ball. I said, never, ever touch my ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like. 
<laughs> Did but you I'm touch like, my drums? I didn't yeah, touch yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, yeah, I, you know, I try not to. Yeah, let's do it. For Honestly, sure. I need more life experiences because we were talking about addictions, bro. I swear, everybody in this planet, look at them, look at them, look at them, addicted to this. Oh, this yeah, right yeah, here, yeah. bro. If my phone, if my I'm phone vibrates, <laughs> my phone vibrates. I'm like, right? it's, a, it's, like a, it's like, oh man. Yeah, I like getting out. I'll, I'll, I'll queue up the playlist, put the phone in the in yeah. the cart, and just see. That's where it, I'm dude. at now, man. I want to go with a bunch of guys. And just have like a no phone day, like back when, like you know, when you were a kid, bro, you just went outside and oh played, and your parents said, "Be home before the street lights." No phones. Yeah. You were out there doing whatever you possibly could within those couple of hours. Right. <laughs> I need one of those adult kid days. You know right. what I mean? We'll yeah. schedule it, dude. We'll yeah, schedule it. Sure. Um, well, dude, this was great. I I, um, I really appreciate you coming I in here. Uh, this was really fun. We'll have to have you come back on sometime and yeah, maybe man. talk some more pit football or like I know. So you have a podcast, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So we want to give a little plug to that and tell yeah, them how we, to find it. Um, so it's Brothers in the Berg, B-R-U-D-D-E-R-S. It's me and my older brother. And like when we were kids, they used to always say, hey, brother. Like, you know, so we end up starting it. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had we'll have to do like a collab at some point. You know Hell what yeah. I mean? Like we've had some good guests like we've had um, Lance Moron, who who played with the saints and my cousin bruce on landry jones we had tunch before he passed he was a good one um so yeah we've had some some good guests and it's just like we talk we talk about everything we talk about youth sports we talk about you know <laughs> no i'm listening to a couple episodes and I, I i'm like i think i'm gonna be a regular listener now like i'm so yeah. glad i discovered it just then like having you come on this show because like I, you and your brother have a good back and forth, you yeah. know, you guys, you could tell there's a ton of history there, but oh, between yeah. you guys, oh, like yeah. just, you'll be on one topic and then like, oh yeah, you remember this one time? Like, what if we just collab to talk about Whippeo football? Like oh. there's nobody, nobody interesting talking about high school sports in the city. Why not us four just go Man. in and have a good time? Right. I know that's, uh, I'd love it. And here's the thing too, is like not to go off track, but it's, I, I said, I said to him, because he's really knowledgeable. He coached um, – he was an offensive coordinator at St. Francis, PA. And then he coached in high school, and he played at Moorhead State um, in college. So – but he's really knowledgeable. And he breaks down football – film for pro football focus. And he just, like, wants to talk about the Steelers and do this. And I'm like, listen, everybody talks about the Steelers, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like – I just want to like make fun of him and make jokes. I almost want more of a comedy podcast than I do a sports <laughs> yeah. po podcast. But uh, you know, you you can't see it because it's not on film. But if I start going on certain topics and we're not talking about the Steelers, especially like in football season, he's like, just like he's nodding me off. Back to the he's uh, he just wants to get to it, and I just try and stay off track just to keep him like freaking out. Keep you at bay. <laughs> but, no, Big this was brother. awesome, man. I loved it, and uh, yeah, cool, man. I'll Any, be happy to come on. Anything else that you want to plug, or like, where can people find you? Or do you still do you still travel around and speak? So, um, I I actually just got an email. Um, yeah, a little bit. I'm trying to actually grow it more, and I'm working on some stuff that I want to do before I like kind of go full fledged into that. I'm teetering with getting a separate social media page to, to like focus on that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram and, and, and Twitter. I don't post much just because it's like, I don't want to, 
I still have work and things like that. So it's like, I don't want to put my opinion out there and then somebody takes it the wrong way. Right and now, I'm, yeah. you know, out of a job and pe- people hate me because sure. I said, you know, I think that Johnny played a bad basketball game or whatever the case is. But, Not you know, so I don't post too much on there. Some of my kids and stuff, whatnot, but um, some things. You should be like on. the uh, what's what's the like. Uh, propaganda like government do like when they come on with the mask and they're like oh uh mr vendetta uh, yeah no. you know what i'm talking about anonymous His oh yeah anonymous, anonymous or yeah. like you should just do that as a high school ad- like high school podcast where you just like talk shit on these kids for having bad <laughs> games but you're, you're like you just like fully disguise <laughs> yeah who knows it's you. like when they have like somebody who's a w- in witness protection yeah. for the mob and they're like yeah. blacked out and their voice yeah like, i was <laughs> at the ef game this <laughs> Play terrible. <laughs> Trey Tipton doesn't know how to coach for shit. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie, I'd find you. Yeah, right. I yeah. find well, you. now my cover's blown. I'll have to think of something and else. Now it's yeah, like, right. now it's like taken. You're too I gotta close, come right? You're it. at Lebo. Now I'm too, I'm too close. I'm always up at the school. Hey, mark my words. You'll be next to me soon enough. It's I know, coming. Right? Hey, I'll be a booth coach. <laughs> those cold games, I don't want to be on the sideline. Nah, listen. End with this. I know you guys are. We're all Pittsburgh people. And I hate when people say because we're from Pittsburgh, we should love the cold. I don't know who created that, and I don't know who believes that, but I hate cold games. Like, your hands hurt. Yeah. And then if you're playing in snow, because you might in Pittsburgh, you never know, depending on the weather is being bipolar that day, could rain, snow, or get hot all oh. on the same day. So you don't know. Yeah. Same. Hate Facts. cold games. Hate it. But that's my finisher. That's yeah. um, before we go, mm-hmm. I almost forgot. We do a segment on the show. It's called the uniform segment. Okay. okay. So I asked my guests to design a uniform from the ground up. So like basically pants, jersey, helmet, what would you like to see your favorite team? Well, you could pick Steelers, you could pick the, you know, Seed LaSalle, you could pick uh, Pitt, whatever you think. You know what actually maybe would be dope would be like to redesign the era of uniforms you had in yeah. like colorway or whatever you had. So we, we um, were like navy blue and gold mm. back then, right? We did one game of the old blue and yellow right yeah, my junior year we had a throwback game really and I, ha- I still have the jersey um so we wore we were number nine in the country my freshman year played at toledo this was bruce's like coming out party yeah and we wore blue pants and white um white jerseys and we lost and we never wore blue pants again <laughs> after that but I always, I always wish that we would have had like an all white uni back Ooh. then. All white, so like okay. white pants, like yeah, and man. just like ours were either Panthers or Pittsburgh across the chest. It wasn't like the script pit or anything. Yeah, you used to have like the crazy fought numbers, right? Like with yeah, the, yeah. Before they did the once that rebranding where they cleaned it up and yeah, whatever. You guys had the like so all white unis would have been would have been nice. White helmet too. Yeah, it probably would have had the gone white helmet with the, because ours were just like the gold. Right. Um, yeah, we'll lock it white up. White with the spats. I like you know. it. I had to go spats because I'm, you know what I mean? I'm right. short right. and I'm stocky. So it's like the spats made me look a little bit taller. Dude, look a little bit faster. The shit, dude. You used to wear like a pound of like tape on your foot if, if you, you couldn't get the spat. sleeves and. Oh, I know, right? Back then, you weren't like that. Shout out to Michael Vick, because he really started that for me anyway. I'm just keeping it real. Michael yeah. Vick had me over there like, I got to spat my cleats. But I played in an looked- era when West Mifflin still had, like, AstroTurf. So I wore Vicks to actually play in the game. 
because yeah. they were turf shoes. So like I'm that old. I I played on turf fields. I have Vicks like too though. Astro turfs. I have Vicks too. You do. Yeah. And I played on Hampton had Astro turfs. Yeah. So that stuff was like literally playing on carpet. Yep. Now people wear turf tape to look good. We wore turf tape because we needed it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? I know. Man, well, cool. I appreciate it. This has been great, dude. Thank you for coming on. No um, problem. I really appreciate you. This has been fun. We got to get you a painting. For sure. Um, yeah, so for sure. We'll right. Be back on when paintings done. Yeah. Oh, unveiling. Sounds Love good, it. man. My man, appreciate, appreciate it. you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>